Keeping Curious, a Northern Michigan University podcast connecting community through conversation. I'm your host, Haley Bussell, and you're listening to Something Curious. Within each episode, we pull a person from Northern's community and Marquette's community to discuss a similar subject matter. Within today's episode, Cyber Generation Opportunity, we're going to be announcing a new program on Northern's campus with Keith Glendon, a cybersecurity advocate and program director for IBM, as well as Bethany Watson, a Northern student who is a business management major. But first up, we have Keith. So hi, I'm Keith Glendon, and uh, I work for IBM. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a global leader for security sales and services um, here in Marquette, Michigan. Nice. And I'm an NMU alum and a Marquette native. All right. So you work for IBM, but you are based in Marquette. Yes. How did that happen? Uh, it's a, kind of a long story, but it, I mean, the short version is that uh, I was hired by IBM when I was living in Marquette. I was, um, it was my first job out of college when I graduated NMU. Um, and back in 98, I had gone off to the military for a few years after high school and then mm-hmm. um, came back to go to school at Northern. And while I was going to school at Northern, I got involved with the College of Business um, Advisory Council, which was a group that uh, brought us together with business leaders in various parts of uh, the upper Midwest where we would talk to them about their, their needs for curriculum and their needs for, you know, like what, what do they need in students they were going to be hiring. And at one of the events that we had gone, um, gone to, uh, I, I met an IBMer who recruited me. So, so I joined IBM in, in 98 and I moved down to Ohio and worked there for a couple of years as a, as a network specialist, network architect. And then um, moved to California with IBM. Uh, I, I worked in Santa Monica at this awesome office called the eBusiness Innovation Center, where it was at a time when the eBusiness was really taking off. The dot-com bubble hadn't yet burst, and and so it was this innovation center that was designed to bring customers in and help them build web presences and web strategies and really cool, you know, um, technology solutions to grow their business. Uh, and then the dot-com bubble burst and I was uh, I was relegated into a different job but uh, still with IBM but I went out and did other things so so California for a while um, and then I, I had spent uh, a couple of years with France Telecom I quit IBM and went and worked for them mm-hmm. and then came back to IBM and I've been with them ever since and uh, I moved from California to New Zealand for a few years wow. and, and, and traveled all over Asia uh, and ran a business in Asia Pacific uh, and that was really cool and exciting and um, and then moved back here I had a couple kids and wanted to raise them where I was raised, and so I moved back to Marquette. And I, you know, by that time I had built um, enough of a career that I was able to kind of move where I wanted to. And I told them I'm going back to Marquette, Michigan, and they, yeah. they didn't know where that was. He said, "You know, well, there's a, is there an airport?" And I said, "Yeah, there's an international airport. It's fine." So I, international to yeah, Canada, right? It is, right. <laughs> so officially, it's an international port of entry. So it's yeah. international. So that's, I mean, that's how I wound up back here. Uh, and, you know, there, I, I, there's not an IBM office, uh, but I work from home and have a few colleagues here now. So Wow. So you went to Northern. What was your major when you were here? I majored in business and computer information systems was the major at the time. I think they have something similar to that now, but it was okay. it was a business and, and, and technology combined major. I, I had gotten out of the military. Uh, I was living in Germany 
and I had been going to school there while I was in the military and uh, taking classes in psychology, and I was very interested in psych. But I still wasn't convinced that's what I wanted to do, didn't know what I wanted to do. And about that time, um, a couple things were happening, uh, one of which was the, the World Wide Web was becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the internet was around, but nobody knew about it. But yeah. right about that time that I was getting out of the military, you know, the public was becoming aware of the internet because mm-hmm. of the World Wide Web. And I thought, well, gee, you know, there's always going to be opportunity in business. And this World Wide Web thing looks like it's going to be something. Yeah. So maybe computers, you know. And I'd always sort of been interested in computers and um, messed around with them as a kid. And um, so I, that's why I chose the major and, yeah. and came back and went to school here. So I guess we could move into, we have an announcement that there is going to be something really great on Northern's campus. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Sure, yeah. We're going to be opening a a cyber range hub. um, And what that amounts to is a facility where we'll be able to help people hands-on you know, develop real capabilities, get certifications, and learn about cybersecurity in an environment that um, that uses real-world tools, that simulates real-world attacks, that uh, gives them the opportunity to put into practice things that they're learning in theory. Yeah. So uh, the, the, this is um, in Michigan. We're actually, a, a lot of people don't realize, but we're actually like one of the leading states when it comes to cybersecurity excellence. because. Several years ago, um, the, the Michigan Cyber Range was created, and what that is is they basically created a, a segregated network within which you know it's not it's totally apart from the the open public internet, mm-hmm. and within that inter, uh, that segregated network, um, you know students and learners and researchers can can do things you wouldn't want to do on the open internet because it would be illegal, because it might mess up somebody's system. And, and, and there is a secure sandbox concept there where they could put, you know, you can put uh, software and test it in there and and make sure that it's secure. Uh, And you can do exercises that simulate real world, um, you know, live fire attacks that you wouldn't want to be doing you know, in a, in, in yeah. other environments. In an open, in an open environment. Context, yeah. And so they attached to that cyber range uh, began opening these hubs where, you know, the intent is to create a, a, a physical place people can come together because a lot of this stuff you can do without necessarily being in a place. Mm-hmm. So the, so that hub is going to be an asset that that we will be able to offer right away a set of certifications to students that are interested. You know, not only computer scientists and and CIS people and business people. Cybersecurity isn't isn't it's not really a job or a discipline. I mean, it is, but it's really a a thing that touches all of us and all of our industries and everything about our lives. And so it becomes a thing where um, we all need to we all need to understand you know, basic cybersecurity hygiene and what it means to us. Um, and so just having that thing on campus, raising the awareness will be a benefit, I think, to the to the student body and the community. So, so that's the student side, right? And the other side of this is that um, 
here in the Upper Peninsula, you know, one of the problems we've had or one of the challenges we have is how do you build businesses that have a global scale when, gee, if I manufacture a widget here, yeah. I have to ship it somehow, you know, and the roads are bad and it's, or gee, you know, we live way up in the woods and, and there's all these reasons why we can't open a business here. Um, and a lot of that goes away when the business is predicated on something that isn't tangible, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's cybersecurity. All you need is a, is a fiber optic wire, you know, not even that, a wire. We need an internet connection. And, and what we do have here is human capital. We have resources that are smart people that want to stick around and people that want to move here. Um, and, and cybersecurity is a, a, such a growing demand area and is so important and critical to national infrastructure that it, uh, it affords us a new frontier for economic development. Mm -hmm. There's really no reason we can't have security operation centers up here or uh, managed service providers here uh, or, you know, application development uh, and uh, uh, concerns, you know, application development companies that are focused on cybersecurity. Yeah, so the, the CyberRange Hub gives us like one asset and a kernel of let's bring that here so that we can start, it, it can be a catalyst for economic development, for awareness, for community education and for the the students that come to Northern. Another asset that we will be building alongside that then is relationships with companies like IBM, sure. and, uh, Amazon Web Services, and others who, who again, in corporate partnership, come and help bring content and accelerate uh, education and, and, and bring more, sometimes more relevant content because it's, it's, it's much more agile. Yeah. Um, what partnerships with companies like IBM can do for us is we can bring in uh, very specific and relevant industry curriculum. So there's a program called the IBM Academic Initiative that offers software and curriculum and expertise and training to institutions of higher learning or for educational institutions. Yeah. So we'll partner with those types of assets so that a student might get certifications in cybersecurity at the range, they might get a career badge from IBM for a security analyst certification, sure. uh, which gives them a very specific set of domain skills. Um, they might then learn about cloud computing security, you know, or, or artificial intelligence and security. Yeah, that's a whole other realm, I'm sure. A whole bunch of stuff. I'm thinking about how that's going to work and, and now my brain's running with like how that's going to work within the security aspect of AI because at what point are things okay to be used for artificial intelligence and then hacked into yeah yeah no that's a big question is there's a few different kinds of concerns there is you know what about kidnapped AIs AIs that get hijacked yeah exactly or or hackers that just figure out the algorithm you reverse engineer the algorithms that are used to create to teach the AI and then teach it think poorly you know there's a lot of different ways that in cybersecurity that artificial intelligence and machine learning are are both a very advantageous thing yeah. but also a huge threat 20 years ago you know we didn't even have uh, really cell phones I mean you had a bag phone if if that I yeah. mean, a few people did but now we've all got this phone that's got um, I mean, there's artificial intelligence connected to many phones today, services that are back-ended by an AI. Yeah. And we don't even think about the fact that we're using one, you know, or that the phone is listening to us while we're sitting here talking. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of a lot to handle as yeah. far as, like, processing that on your yeah. own because there's something listening to you all the time, and it's a little freaky. Like, I think that there's, in my own opinion, I feel like there's a certain point where... 
it's usable content or usable data and then there's also a certain point where it's just kind of too far right how do you feel like we can move in the right direction without becoming too overwhelmed yeah well i mean first of all it's i think it's it's like anything else humans don't ever put the genie back in the bottle right i mean we're not gonna we didn't we didn't stop using fire or the wheel yeah and we're not going to stop using this definitely not so what's going to happen i think is that we're just going to we're going to evolve alongside ai and alongside robots and alongside all of that in a way that at some point we may or may not really understand how it's even advancing a lot of younger people don't even know how these things are working and that's in a very like adolescent stage but hopefully that doesn't move up the age scale until older people like middle age don't know what's going on yeah i mean yeah and even very very intelligently there so there was an article in the news in in the last month or so google researchers were were trying they had a couple of ais that they were experimenting with trying to get them to negotiate right and um, they taught the each of the AIs the fundamental basics of, of negotiations sure. and what they should value in those negotiations. And then they asked them to start trading off and, and working together around... Um, you know, app, I think the, the the assignment was to try and maximize the number of apples they had in this theoretical thing. And after a little while, the AIs made up their own language and they couldn't figure out, they, they made up a non-human language in order to more efficiently communicate with one another. Oh my gosh. And they shut it down because they had no idea, why, like why did that even happen and how did it happen? Oh my, and That what, just gave me goosebumps. What is this language? That is like so, <laughs> so amazing, but scary at yeah, the same time. It, oh it, and that's the kind of thing that we're you know we're going to be dealing with learning um, is more agile and is more about experience and is more about how we as human beings work with machines and ai to assemble knowledge quickly and accomplish tasks and solve problems and and face challenges and take advantage of opportunities and then move on to the next thing. Sure. And the only way I think we can, well, not the only way, but one of the ways we can do that is by creating these environments where, um, where business and academia and technology and government, uh, you know, influence all kind of interact. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea with this, with this cyber range hub. There's a lot of really cool things that are going to be happening out of this. And um, it, not only for the students and, and the, the kids up here, but which is really why like, I'm very excited about it because I, I grew up here and I had to leave. And a lot of people grow up here and maybe want to stay, but they, they look around and they go, well, you know, I don't, I don't know really, what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, yeah. don't, I don't really, you know, the, I don't fit with any of the industries here. And, you know, the service industry isn't really for me. You know, I want to go, like, I guess I'm going to have to leave. Yeah. So we hope that this becomes a, a doorway or a bridge into, you know, a broader conversation about the possibilities here, right? We started out with some of the conversation around how, how did I get my job with IBM? And, I wouldn't have had that opportunity at at some other schools, right? I wouldn't have been that close to my faculty. I wouldn't have been directly working with CEOs of companies because I was on that student advisory board. Um, and Northern does give you those types of opportunities, and they capitalize on on trends like this. You know, cybersecurity is huge. There's all this uh, potential around it, and they're gonna they're gonna pivot and 
do something innovative to bring new opportunity, not only to students, but you know, to the community mm-hmm. and to our whole region. Um, and the other thing about that is that this sort of brings, this brings opportunity to students uh, that they wouldn't otherwise have. And, and you know, I've hired six, seven, I can't remember now, six or seven interns in the last few years here, several of whom became full-time IBMers, um, a couple who live here in Marquette with me. So, nice. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, there is opportunity in, in this business. And so, uh, you know, this idea of business and academic collaboration, mm-hmm. I, I love that, I, that NMU is so open to that. And, the, you know, recently they actually put into place a corporate engagement um, director, you know, and, and being focused on that kind of thing is really key because a lot of academic institutions are sort of still really, you know, we're academic and this is, the, you've got to be open to that innovation with business. And so seeing that Northern takes the opportunity to do that and create opportunities for students is really fantastic. And I appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, well, thanks for coming in. Up next, we have Bethany Watson, a business management major here at Northern, but I'm going to let her tell her story. Okay. Hi, I'm Bethany Watson. I'm a business management major. I'm from the Lower Peninsula in a little town called Beulah, Michigan. So I try to do things like based around my major. So for management and business to get experience. Um, I'm a part of Mortar Board National Honor Society. So that's what I do most of my work through and where I get connected with events um, because we're focused on scholarship, leadership and service to the community. Um, And I'm also in an event planning class right now. So that also connects me with events and different things to volunteer for. So there's an event planning class. How does that work? Yeah, so every week, it's once a week we meet and someone from the community that holds an event comes in and talks to us about like how they plan it and what they're doing and like what their job is basically. And then we have the opportunity to sign up to help them out. Um, as part of class credit, we have to do 10 hours. So what were your two events that you helped with? Um, I'm helping with Fresh Coast Film Fest right now, which is what's taking the majority of my time. Um, and I also did prime time with the Peter White Public Library. Man, so would you say that what you've been learning, I guess m- maybe not so specifically in your event planning class, but just in your business major in general has helped you in planning these events like outside? Yeah, I feel like I'm better at like communicating with people above me because of like I'm in a managerial communications class right now. So that's helped me to communicate with these people that are running the events. Mm-hmm. And I've taken a lot of different business courses that have helped me like calculate numbers and speak to people correctly about these <laughs> business ventures and things like that. So you're a business and management major, yeah, right? I started out actually as a marketing major, okay. Um, and I thought that that was what I wanted to do. But then after a year in, I realized um, that like management is broader to me. Like I can use it for more things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also 
my career goal would be to um, manage one of my family's car dealerships or camper dealership kind okay. of thing yeah. um, when I graduate. So that was my main goal. Yeah. So I thought management would be better than marketing for that. Yeah. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about like where you come from? Like tell me a little bit more about Beulah and your family and maybe how that influenced you coming to Northern. Yeah. So my family has always been in the car business. My grandpa was, um, and then my dad, my uncle, my brother, <laughs> and my mom's also a businesswoman. So everyone around me <laughs> was kind of focused on that. And my dad Dad has um, six car dealerships like locally around the area. Um, yeah, so I grew up like in car dealerships and talking to people about that kind of stuff. And from a young age, like I worked there answering the phones and making copies for people. So, yeah, yeah. so you want to maybe go back to Beulah after you graduate at Northern then? Yeah, I'm thinking about going back down to the Lower Peninsula. Um, I want to learn from my dad, like, personally. I think that would be cool to learn the ropes from him before he retires. (laughs) How did you find out about Northern? Like, what compelled you to want to come up here? Do you have a tie to the UP? Um, I mean, I'm from Lower Michigan. Um, My dad does mountain biking, and so does my brother. So when I first came to Marquette, it was for the Hors Shore mountain bike race because we've been coming for probably like six or seven years now. Mm. Um, But every year they come up to do the race, and it was like getting close to making the decision. Mm. And I was like, maybe I should just apply to Northern and see. Like, I like the area. I like being in Michigan, but... The most important thing to me was I wanted to be like further away from home, but not too far. And coming to Northern like feels like a completely different place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like my house is six and a half hours from here, but you feel like you're in a different state. Yeah. Um, but you're not. <laughs> it was between here and Florida, actually. Really? Were my two choices. I think what really brought me to Northern was the fact that the class sizes are smaller and I felt like I could get closer to professors and make more friends. Um, I'm from a really small school, so I went to Mesick and I graduated with 28 people. So I felt like I ha- would have more opportunity here at Northern. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy I came here. It's going to be weird not going to Northern. Yeah, I think it's going to be really strange after graduation. I'm definitely going to miss the area and the school. Things are changing at Northern. I've just noticed like the number of people is what is striking to me like this year compared to last year. Just walking down the hallway, I have a noon class. So like it's peak time. Yeah. And it's insane how many more people are here. Really? Do you feel like your class sizes are getting bigger? Or not really, just because... Not really. I mean, now that I'm in the College of Business and, like, in the higher classes, it's kind of weeded (laughs) students out. Yeah. But none of my classes have really been larger than, like, 30 people. Mm -hmm. I took a class on the Beatles. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Did you like that class? Yeah, it was really cool. People, like, my brother couldn't believe that I was taking a Beatles class for credit. (laughs) That is awesome. Did you like the Beatles before that, or are you kind of like, oh, to know more about the Beatles. Yeah, like I didn't really know much about them. My dad's like a Beatles fan. Okay. And I thought it would be kind of interesting. I mean, it satisfies a liberal studies credit for you. So I thought it'd be interesting and it definitely was to yeah. learn about them. Oh my gosh. I love the Beatles. Yeah. I think it'd be so great to have a class on them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? That is so great. Ugh. <laughs> 
yeah, it's amazing like what you can do and the things that I've done since I've been here that I wouldn't have done anywhere else. Like I went ice climbing two years ago and that was something that I've never even been normal climbing. (laughs) So ice climbing was really interesting. And I mean, you can go hiking, mountain biking, swimming, all kinds of things. There's constantly something to do. Northern's brought me a lot of opportunities. It's brought me friends and things that I'll never forget, obviously. Um, But yeah, it's someplace that I think people should give a chance. Like people think it's so off the grid. Um, I mean, people from home always say it's too far away (laughs) and things like that. But I think if they give Northern and Marquette a chance, they would see like how great it is. Thanks for tuning in to Something Curious. This episode is titled Cyber Generation Opportunity. Again, I'm your host, Haley Bustle. Something Curious is a Northern Michigan University podcast that aims to connect community through conversation. We sure hope that you learned something new today. I know that I definitely did. We will catch you on our next episode. But for now, please don't forget to stay curious.